Five whole issues of Prisoner X and not even the slightest Prisoner Sex. Welcome to episode 52 of the Mutant Musings Podcast. It's the middle of July 2019, so we'll be discussing some new comics and some classic comics. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is my weaponized Hanukkah, Patty. Here's your friendly reminder that you can leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekade.com, leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast, follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast, and follow us on Twitter at mutant musings. Celebrate the X-Men with us on social media, and occasionally get a tiny peek into our personal lives. And speaking of peeking, there will be none of that here. On this podcast, there are no peaks. We are completely full frontal, not safe for work, pants off, butts up, electrodes, fishing line, barefoot, bareback, breaststroke, doggy paddle, doggy style, whipped cream, and cherry on top with our language. So there is your explicit content warning. Yay. <laughs> that's yay? Yay. Yeah, that sounds like a party. Yeah. Yeah, all that stuff. So how yeah. you doing, Fatty? I'm, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning. You're 10 o'clock. <laughs> so, uh, so a little sleepy. I woke up at 8, you know. Oh my goodness, so I, early. I know. Oh. I've been uh, <laughs> looking for jobs, so I haven't been having to wake up. <laughs> Please continue to wake up, Patty. I'd like you to continue to wake up for a very long time. Let's keep doing that, all right? How about we make that a daily thing? All right. All right. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Ten, I'm also 10 o'clock in the morning. Hey, yeah. <laughs> but we got to record early because Patty's Patty's busy today. Patty's got a busy day planned. She's going out and partying. That's right. Yep. And so I'm going to be playing solitaire. <laughs> Does that mean masturbating? <laughs> You're going to be playing by yourself? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Check your phone. I'll send you updates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, my sister-in-law is having a meetup thing for the bridal party. Mm-hmm ladies i don't know so we're going out to eat and then we're going to escort her while she is getting dresses tried on or fitted or something i don't know why that entails bringing friends but whatever so you can all just like you know fawn all over her and be like oh my god you look so good you look so amazing oh this is what ladies do you're so pretty let's talk about our periods you know i mean that's what ladies do right when you all get together you talk about your periods right yes yeah and and men yes Yes. That that is a joke. If you are a new listener, that 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 is a joke. I'm I'm joking. No, it's absolutely true. That's all we talk about. Really? Yeah, we don't have any hobbies or interests or anything. We just <laughs> talk about our periods. Well, I mean, technically that is sort of a hobby. I mean, it's something that you do regularly, right? Am I, I mean, right? If you are regular. <laughs> Better late than never, that's what I always say. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man! So uh, we're gonna we're gonna get to wear blue for uh, the um, you know what are they called her her friends what her her, her friends in in her party her girls her her girl party her girls at the wedding get her to bridesmaids wear... yes that's, that's the it, word right? yeah like that movie that I love <laughs> uh, we get to wear blue which I'm excited about see there you go peek into a personal life I used to be a you know exclusive metalhead type lady who thought it was stupid to wear anything other than bands t-shirts and jeans boots or or do the the slutty metal lady thing with a band t-shirt and a mini skirt and fishnets and boots but oh, i was friends with girls like that in high school yeah i didn't really do that too much because i was like oh those are just posers <laughs> so so then uh like i don't know a few years after high school i was like i really like 50s things so then i just 
have like 50 50 styles dresses now i hate to to jump in on that and sort of correct right. when i say 50s things i mean right. fashion 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 ex- fashion of the 50s exclusively fashion not not, not really anything else in the 50s not anything else maybe cars yes i like cars, the cars. and that's about it that's yes. as far as we go with that's, the 50s yes <laughs> okay don't don't at me <laughs> I just saw this thing in this documentary that exists apparently. I think it was in Alabama Uh-oh. that there was this school that didn't get integrated until like... Two years ago, right? A, yeah, until like 2003 or something. And then like they didn't have their first integrated prom until a few years ago. Oh my God. Which is like obscene. And I forget the name of what the documentary is called. Love in Alabama or something. I don't know. I forget what it's called. But I will I look mean, that up if anybody is interested. No, I would not Google love in Alabama no. because it's probably going to be a lot of sibling fucking. Okay, so. <laughs> not a, that's not making it into the show. That's... <laughs> so I'm playing Pokemon Black because I never finished Black and White when they first came out for some reason. So I'm playing my way through it now. And I was looking at, you know, where the massage lady was because I needed to evolve a Pokemon through... I forget if it... No, I forget if it was friendship or affection. I get those confused. But one of them goes up if you get massages. So I was looking for I go up when I get massages. (laughs) You know that, honey. (laughs) So I was looking for where the massage lady was. Uh So I googled black and white massage. (laughs) (laughs) I would... uh, not really recommend that. You should throw in Pokemon in there unless you want some Pornhub results, which is what I got. <laughs> All right, so uh, so so let's not let's let's get off the porn and the Pokemon and uh, talk about some comics. All right, so we're gonna start off with Prisoner X number five. The final issue of I mean, obviously all these these miniseries are ending, and we're we're moving towards uh, Age of X Man Omega. Omega. Yeah, which I believe is coming out the day that this episode comes out. But Prisoner X number five, there are riots, and that's fantastic because who doesn't love a good old fashioned riot? Uh, and I have to say that you know we've seen I don't know th- this just ju- kind of jumped out at me. There are like a couple of these new characters. One's got like this big arm and like these big claws and there's like another girl with like wings or whatever and i really like the designs of these new characters and like i'm sure we'll never see them again and that's kind of upsetting but i just i think the designs are really yeah, interesting they're just background characters i know but yeah it's it's just you know it's cool sometimes to see like new character designs but you know then you know like, like you said they're just background characters uh, and finally we see the team come together that was teased on the cover of issue number one like finally the five of them and they're going after legion and I love how trippy the art is and just the, the setup of this. You know, obviously Legion's trying to stop them. And, you know, they're coming in and out of doors. And, uh, you know, like his face pops up in the ceiling and it's like really fucking terrifying. And then, you know, Polaris starts going up against the fucking the guards in the prison. And they're full of gas. <laughs> <laughs> they should take uh, X-Lax. Gas X. Yeah, Gas X. That could be uh, an about, X-Men. We're going to talk about gas now? Gas we, X? Yeah, Gas X. That could be an X-Men character. Who does what? Farts or stops yes. farts? 
Farts. Farts. I thought it was really cool to see Polaris shredding some of these uh, these fucking guards. You know, just like cutting loose. But, you know, because she's been like in a straight jacket for most of the series. And so it's really great to see her cut loose. She's amazing. One of my complaints, though, is that on some of these pages, you know, I thought the art was good. But a lot of the action was like too small. There were just like a lot of panels on one page to contain all of the action. And I just like wish there were a couple of pages that were bigger to like really show her cut loose a little bit more. Because we got that, I think, like last issue, I think it was, she cut loose. And it was a hallucination, but she like killed a bunch of guards and the page was pretty big. I felt like a lot of the panels here were too small. But Cut loose, cut <laughs> loose, put on Sunday shoes. Yeah, Kevin Bacon? Yeah. Yeah, it's I breakfast can't... time. Is, oh, I don't have breakfast. It's breakfast time for some Kevin Bacon. You didn't have breakfast? Your no. breakfast is your Powerade? My breakfast is going to be vegetable lo mein and <laughs> uh, scallion pancakes. Those are still pancakes. They're still pancakes. That's breakfast. And you can make anything to a pancake. It's breakfast. And then I was thinking about getting steamed red bean buns. You're a red bean bun. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> you got red hair. And yeah. You, and you have buns. I need to get my hair redone. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, Polaris. She was... Oh, my God. I love her so much. I'm going to cosplay her soon. I have to order that costume. She made a fucking gauntlet of metal. I thought that was really dope. But, you know, it kind of stunk, though, that they just kind of, like, left her... Um... Well, she was the only person there who could attack multiple guards at the same time. No, and, I know. And it was like, you know, the guards kept respawning because they weren't humans. They were gas. these gas monsters. Gas monster. <laughs> so... I don't like talking about gas. Let's stop talking <laughs> about gas. It's rude. It's, it's, I don't like talking about gas with Patty. It's Fine. rude. <laughs> so... So, yeah, Gabby was upset. She wanted to stab everybody, and they just kind of dragged her away. And Polar- and they were like, don't let Polaris's sacrifice go to waste. And I was like, she's going to be fine. Of course she's going to be fine. So, so okay, so, like, when they reach Legion, then we find out that it was part of his psyche that took Shard's shape. We had seen that a couple of times so far in this series, and we see it again here. She's trying to tell Bishop what's really going on. Like, she can't officially rat on Nate Gray and be like, oh yeah, he's the one who's fucking all this shit up. But like, you know. She's like, you know who it is. I can't say his name, but you know him. Uh, yeah, it's he who shall not be named. Yes. Right? I said that right, right? Yes. Yeah, Harry Potter. There, there you go. There's a nod to your to your, <laughs> to your hairy butthole pussy Potter. That's a, South, that's a South Park reference. I've got nothing against Harry Potter. You haven't or even buttholes. read the books. Or buttholes or pussy. What? You haven't even read the books. <laughs> Whatever. Poser. Stop being a gatekeeper. Right? <laughs> Let people enjoy things, Patty. <laughs> And so, you know, they're all just sort of, like, distracting Legion, and then Danny runs up and puts the collar on him to knock out his powers, and then she, like, literally knocks him out. And I was wondering where she went. Just, like, in all of, like, that fighting and confusion or whatever, she just, like, sort of disappears. The thing I was thinking about is, like, all right, so, like, now there's no more problem here. The prison's gonna be done for because Legion's powers are gone. And they found a way out. Yeah, and they found a way out, fine. But, like, my question is, is Legion knows who's doing all this, is he really happy with his place here in the world? You know, like Nate just like let him have some fun fucking with these people's minds. Well, and that was okay. Part of it, other than, you know, that small little bit of him that was quote unquote good who came out as shard. He was saying that, you know, you have you have three hot meals a day and you have a yes. cot to sleep on. You yeah. guys are free. And, you know, Bishop was like only, you know, some loon like you would think that this is any kind of freedom. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. I... I get that, but, like, you know, it's just, it's weird, because right before Age of X-Men started, 
Legion and Nate were were at odds. They were they were fighting. Like Legion knew what Nate was doing and didn't want it to happen. So it's just but obviously Nate is the more powerful one now. So still, it's just it's it's it was just kind of weird, you know? Like I kind of almost want to see Legion now like break out of like Nate's control, I guess, and like help everybody fight against Nate. You know, obviously what's going to happen in Age of X-Men Omega. You know, it was just it was just kind of weird because I liked before Age of X-Men in X-Men Disassembled, I kind of liked how Legion was trying to help. Even though he was doing it in a fucked up, crazy, weird way. But I, I really liked this series. I liked the use of different characters. How it was uncomfortable to watch some of them, you know? Like, especially Gabby. It yeah, was, Gabby being a little bitch-ass. Gabby being a, a huge bitch. Polaris, like, you know, being in a straitjacket almost the entire time. You know, and like all the questions surrounding Danny, like why are we seeing her in, in Uncanny X Men? Why are we seeing her here too? And we still don't know why. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm assuming that we're gonna find that out. Or that was a huge oversight. <laughs> I don't know. They keep telling us, just keep reading, just keep reading, just so. keep reading, just keep reading. <laughs> I don't know. So I really like the series. It definitely wasn't one of the best ones. It wasn't one of my my top two which were Next Gen and Extremists. But uh, this was definitely uh, a great series. And next comic we're talking about is Apocalypse and the Extracts, number five. And this was not one of my favorite series. This started out, in my opinion, really weak. It got a little bit stronger, and I'm still kind of mixed on how I, I feel about how this this ends up. Yeah, I agree. We see, you know, like, iBoy can see Apocalypse plotting with Nate. And so, like, the whole team can see what iBoy is seeing because of Unveil. And it turns out that Unveil was manipulated by Apocalypse. And then all of a sudden, you know, he shows up and, like, everybody's angry at him. They, they, he, Apocalypse starts giving him shit for all getting high together. And then fucking iBoy just punches him. And so this was terrifying. I really liked this. That one shot where iBoy punches him, his neck, like, you know, it turns, his face just turns around. And then he starts to turn back and like, you know, his his pupil is gone. His eye is just white. And like, you can tell something big is coming. And then you turn the page and he's all fucking jacked up again. And it's the first time in, in a while we've seen him actually like jacked up and muscular. See, I was wondering this when iBoy punched him. Yeah. So he's got eyes on his hands and stuff. So does he hurt his eye hands? His, his <laughs> hand his hand eyes? His hand. <laughs> I, I mean, know. I assume that he, you know, closes his hand eyes when he's punching somebody, but I feel like it would still hurt. I've never punched anybody with my eye, so <laughs> I can't say. The closest I could do is punch my eye, but I don't, don't punch think your eye. that's the same Patty, thing. Patty, don't punch your eye. It's not the same thing. <laughs> Please don't hurt yourself. Please. No, I don't. I don't. I don't know. But I feel like you know anything this boy does could be potentially hurtful. Even wearing clothes could be like what? What if he? Oh, ooh. What if he catches it in a zipper? Oh. oh. Or what about if his... dust is just around and causes dust? Yeah, but he can. Oh, right. So he's got to get like full body goggles. Yes. Uh, yeah, full body <laughs> goggles. That's uh, that could be, that would look kinky as fuck. That'd be like a bondage yes. suit. I'm imagining it right now. It is very tight. It is black. Draw it, is it for leather. me. Yeah. I boy bondage. Uh, all right, so so you know, Apocalypse gets all fucking jacked up and goes to punch I boy, and Colossus catches it. And then Apocalypse is pissed. He just reverts right back to the way he was before all this shit started and start starts bragging about how he's gathered people to battle over history. And like, 
I can't believe he was playing this whole fucking time. You know what I mean? The shadow cat says to him, we thought you were sticking it to the man, but you were the motherfucking man this whole damn time. But the thing is, is he tells them each why they needed him to do what he did. He gave them all purpose, you know? I mean, he helped Dazzler, he helped Unveil, he helped iBoy. And he's not wrong. iBoy has been, like, one of the least confident characters since his introduction. And in this series, he seemed more confident than he ever was. So that's something I sort of uh, agree with. But it's it's crazy. Like, when these characters are realizing that not only is this world a lie but that their lives inside of it was a lie, too. Kitty and Colossus can't beat him either. And, you know, he starts telling them about how, like, you know, uh, they were about to get married and Kitty left him at the altar. And, like, that's a that's a fresh wound that's still open and sore a little bit. But then, you know, he mentions this oracle? Did I miss something? Was there an oracle somewhere mentioned before? There probably was. Some no, listener is going to come think so some listener is gonna be like yeah oracle is mentioned in every issue what's wrong with you guys and i'm gonna be like lies lies there is no oracle some oracle is helping him monitor the tears between dimensions or something i don't even remember him mentioning oracle yeah and it's like there's some sort of scale for like whatever the rifts between fucking dimensions oh it was just like the 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 system that was monitoring it and giving it like you know, it's an 8.6 on the Siege Perilous or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. you remember, yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. I'm like, yeah, Barbara Gordon was Oracle. Uh, there was, I think, an Oracle in the uh, the Imperial Guard. There is a fucking Oracle in the Matrix. There's all these fucking Oracles already. They couldn't come up with anything better. But it's better than just saying ship. <laughs> What's wrong with ship? It's just, it's just, it doesn't sound, like, official enough. I don't know. Those, <laughs> I mean, Oracle just sounds more legit, I guess, than just... <laughs> Oh, this boat boat is helping me monitor this. <laughs> Don't question, it's just boat. Don't question boat. Do not question boat. But but okay, so so fucking the Oracle speaks up and Apocalypse is like like no, we need to stop fighting. Shit's going wrong. And and so I have I have mixed feelings on this right here. Kitty phases her fucking menorah through him. Part of me is like, wow, that's really badass. And part of me is like, gah, how, whoa, I, Well, she's Jewish. Right. So I guess it's okay when she does it. I mean, the writers and the editors okaying that. I, I don't know. I don't know how I, I feel mean, about that. I mean, okay, I get it. It's like, you know, symbolism or whatever. Like, oh, this is the old world and these are my traditions and beliefs and stuff. And I'm going to kill you with them because you tried taking everything away from us. Look at you being all artsy, <laughs> being all artsy and reading and reading between the lines. I don't read this between is, any lines. This is the kind of stuff you give me shit for, for liking artsy things like Legion. And you're Legion reading. Legion is garbage. You are all between the lines here. You are in all the nooks and crannies right there no. with your symbolism. You, you make fun of me with the word symbolism, and you just used it unironically, Patty. You're never allowed to make fun of Legion again. It's I'm be- making it's the fun best of show. Legion. It's the best goddamn show. I, I 100% agree with what you're saying. It's just, it was just, it was weird and uncomfortable to see, but at the same time, I wanted to cheer, because I thought that that was really badass. But, you know, okay, so, so the menorah stopped him, right? And then he starts going on this rant about how basically having a kid changed him. You know, he had a baby and it changed him. And if this world ends, I'm going to go back to being a villain villain. Like, let's let's stop that. And then they basically all just, like, join hands and, like, agree. And then, you know, they the, the final page is they meet 
up with the Marvelous X-Men to, to take on Nate. But my question is, yeah. if this world ends and he's saying, you know, I'm going to become a villain villain, why doesn't he just not do that? <laughs> like, he realizes, you know, he's had these revelations and whatever, and, you know, they the writers have said that this is not an alternate universe and everybody is going to remember what happens in Age of X-Men. So my question is, if he has all of these memories and shit, why does he still become a villain villain? I, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that, but, and, and, and so that's what I was thinking. I was like, what is their plan going to be? Like, let's keep this world and, and allow love to happen. Because, you know, if they're fighting against Nate Gray, once he's gone, everything is going to go back to the way it was. I don't know. See, I was confused about that, too. I mean, he was fighting against them, saying, like, like if I leave, I'm going to be a villain villain again or whatever. But I think that it was because, you know, this world is, like, kind of imploding now with what they were, the numbers that they were saying, like, oh, it's a 9.8 now or whatever. So I'm pretty sure this world is just falling the fuck apart because so many people have figured out what's happening and are starting to gather together to fight him oh yeah and i mean nate can't hold it all together either anyway and i mean the dude is dying i think his maybe his plan here was just to try to before he died show all of these people that like this perfect world can exist and here's how but i think like i guess what's changing now is that everybody's just seeing like all of these cracks and whatever it's just it's crazy to me honestly how how just apocalypse remembers everything it was just, it's weird. It's weird to know that. To look back is. over the past months and see how he was. And it's like, oh, dude kind of still was in his right mind that whole time, you know? You don't really see him like that. He's always huge and scary. Even in his first appearances, you know, he wasn't big, but he was still kind of big. Yeah. <laughs> but Yeah, he was. But, but here, you know, he's just scrawny little Murshid. So, I mean, I ended up liking this series in the end. It was not a strong one. I did like it. I mean, we're getting sort of previews about things going forward, and we're seeing Apocalypse there, and so maybe he isn't a complete villain once Age of X-Men is over. I think also that, like, it was interesting seeing him in the smaller, quote-unquote, weaker form, that like love and being tender and caring is associated with being weaker and that's what he was most of this time and like there's like these muscles and this anger and there's like big and strong and masculine but like you know ultimately he was like oh you know I do know love even though he was in this big masculine form I really doubt that that's the symbolism that Tim Seeley was going for but that's how I was thinking of it when I was typing up my thoughts about about this series Barra boys aren't about love what that's the message <laughs> I, I guess, you know, I mean, we weren't supposed to really care about Omega Red. He was just a patsy for, for all this. Uh, Apocalypse was supposed to be the real villain. We didn't get enough of a chance to care about Omega Red anyway, so mission accomplished. I don't know if that's what Tim Seeley was uh, was trying to convey, but I wanted to, to be more invested in Omega Red, and ultimately I wasn't, but I felt like that was a real weak point, trying to veer us off the the main focus of this story by throwing him in there. I feel like this could have been done differently. Again, this was like one of the weakest series. I didn't end up hating it like I did in the beginning, but yeah, meh. Meh. I mean, I really hope that Unveil uh, is brought into the quote-unquote real world. Even though this is the 616, whatever, I'm Why? just going to so keep saying keep, real world. So you can keep getting everybody high? No, I just Stop really... Drug use. 
<laughs> I just I just really like her. I think she's a really cool character and like I just really like her design. Yeah, she's and, colorful. Yeah, I, I just hope that we get to see more out of her. I'm just really interested. So that's it. So the next issue of this is uh Age of X Man Omega. That's gonna be the end of all this. It's kinda sad. It's really sad that it's just about over. But maybe they can fix some of the shit that's been going wrong with Uncanny X-Men, which is what we're going to be talking about. What has been going wrong Listen, with Uncanny X-Men, We'll Patty? get there. P- points to the wrong, okay? Everything. Because I'm I just pointing see... to every issue. How are you doing that, Patty? You only have so many fingers to point with, okay? <laughs> Where are you hiding your fingers? <laughs> <laughs> in your butt. What is that that I feel in my butt? Okay, never mind. <laughs> Fine. All right, so speaking of fingers in the butt... We're going to be talking about Uncanny X-Men number 21. Woo. <laughs> so, so the team that everybody remembers, Emma. We all, know, we all know who Emma Frost is, right? Yeah. We all know who she is. We all know. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. And so we got to go find Emma. They see her. She, she's at the top of the stairs, and she's all smiling. And I'm like, oh, you're so beautiful, but everybody's upset with you. And Alex is really upset. And Alex is, like, ready to kick her ass. But Scott is like, no, we need to find out what's going on. She's like, this isn't the romantic rescue I hoped for, but I've never been I've never been one for being rescued. And so Danny is like kicking her ass is still on the table. And I'm like, no, everybody be nice. Everybody everybody be nice. No. I don't like listen, I'm not happy with what has happened with Emma recently either, but that's no excuse to be rude, okay? That's not being rude. That's being that's rude. That's giving her her just desserts. Her just that's not a dessert. An ass kick is not a dessert. It can be. No, okay, listen. <laughs> She's been a bad girl. <laughs> I'm mad at her. So so alright, so so then we cut away to the uh fucking one facility and, and I'm thinking to myself, like, why would one bring in Wolverine and keep him in like the same hospital room with like all the fucking goons and the doctors and the soldiers like, if they wanted to do anything, they should have put him, they should have buried him under, like, 50 layers of cage and dirt and building and whatever the fuck they could pile on top. Because I don't know if you, Patty, are aware of this. I don't know if you, the listener, are aware of this. I don't know if Marvel is aware of this, but apparently these one goons were not aware of this. Wolverine can heal. What? He has healing. They call it a healing factor. And so when he gets wounds or burns or scratches or bite marks or mosquito bites, <laughs> <laughs> he, he, they go away. His body just makes him go away a lot faster than it that would doesn't sound real. if you or me got a mosquito bite. Like, you know, if, like, we get mosquito bites, we got to itch and scratch for like, a couple of days. And yeah. it looks like, yeah, that doesn't happen to him. What? That, that, That's it bullshit. Just, it doesn't happen to him. Yeah. I hate He's it. He's basically mosquito repellent. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm saying is... Would you is, buy his bathwater? <laughs> are we doing this? <laughs> are we doing this right now? If I could use his bathwater as a mosquito repellent, I might. <laughs> so so you know you know in uh in in olden days we reused our bathwater. No. In olden in olden olden days. Before those days, people used to buy sweat from their favorite gladiators. That was a thing. I would I would rub what? Wolverine's sweat all over me. What are you what? Why? That's a thing. Where did you learn this? That's true. You How can you look it up this? on the internet. Now, I found that out a long time ago. 
Was it in some? Uh, was it in some Norse metal song that you listened to? <laughs> Patty likes Don't Nor- make fun of me. Patty likes Norse metal. I do. <laughs> I love a monomarth. But uh, yeah, yeah. I think I would buy Wolverine sweat. I mean, he's got he's got plenty to go around. You know what I mean? Like, dude's everywhere. It's he's true. everywhere all at once. But I, I don't know. So, this, so that was just that was just silly. That was just you know a little thing that I noticed, and I was like, this is really stupid. Uh, I was upset to see that triage was was brought in to help all the goons that Wolverine sent there. It's fucking, they're, but they're, you know, they're questioning why, like, Wolverine was brought there. And, like, some guy is like, oh, Callahan said we can't let Wolverine die. Like, they just brought him back from the dead. They're not killing him again so soon. I know that everybody in this series is dying, but Wolverine is safe, okay? You can bet your ass that he's safe. And, like, the doctor is talking shit to triage. Like, oh, U.S. government is giving you the chance to be part of something that matters. And the kid is like, I already am. I'm an X-Man. And I thought he was badass. He fucking spit in that doctor's face. Yeah, he did. That was so badass. But what happens? Once he spits in the dude's face, he's got the fucking implant in his head. They push the button, and triage is no longer a mutant. Bullshit. That is bullshit. No longer has his mutant power. He's not a healer anymore. No more mutant. I was reading this, and I was just like, ugh, okay. I mean, when was the last time we saw triage anyway? You know, it's not like the biggest (laughs) loss ever compared to some of the other stuff we've seen in this series. But I was still annoyed. Yeah, like, why is that necessary? Until why? we got later in the issue, and then I was ready to set everything on fire. Whoa, 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 whoa there, Miss, Miss Bernie, Miss, <laughs> Miss Bernie Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> but guess who wakes up? Who? Wolverine. What? No, he's dead. He's got that mosquito bite healing factor. Bullshit. <laughs> All right, so then, and then they cut back to uh, to this whole shit with Emma, and Havoc calls Emma an evil bitch for messing around with their heads. True. Excuse me. Excuse me. But Emma reminds him that the last time all these X-Men were together, she and Scott were trying to figure out what to do with Alex, because Alex was the evil bitch, Patty. Alex was the evil yeah, bitch. Yeah, but that wasn't Alex's fault. This was oh, Emma's fault. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Who is these controlling people, Emma? These people over here, they don't have to take responsibility for their actions. This just just He this, was being mind controlled. This group over here yes. is responsible. Yes. So what you're saying is the man isn't responsible for his actions, but it's all the woman's fault. Patty, yes. you are sexist. That's exactly that is what I'm saying. Sexist and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. I get what you're saying, but I don't like it. So the we see um Velocidad. We see yeah, and that was upsetting. You know, he's a fast dad. Because oh man, <laughs> why would? <laughs> so no shit that Wolverine. You know, guts everybody in that fucking facility. But then yeah, he finds that they turned Velocidad into a warlock, and I was like, I thought that this was Dark Beast's thing, merging the fucking warlock to people. But this was really, really sad. The last time we saw him, he was in shitty shape, too. He was in the fucking uh, the sewers, yeah. in, the, in the Morlock tunnels, and Wolverine came across him. You know, I mean, the kid's like, oh, it's been it's been years, and Wolverine's like, I just saw you a month ago. And, and like, his powers, I mean, like, that's how his powers were explained. You know, like, when he speeds up, he's speeding up his own time. He's not actually, like running 90 miles an hour so he gets older when he uses his powers but like he's just about dead at this point he's really fucking old and merged with this warlock and then this is really sad you know well fucking wolverine kills him he says something about like telling ruth something and wolverine is just like i will kid and then kills him 
Well, okay, that was a mercy kill. I know that was a mercy kill, but Patty, it was still really sad. I know, it was sad. But also, when's the last time we've seen Fast Dad? I I mean, but I feel bad, you know what I mean? Like, No, I do too. Because, like, but this is the thing. This We could go off on a whole, we could have probably a, a whole episode dedicated to, like, these characters who seemed important at one time and then they were just forgotten. Because we just talked about triage. Yep. It wasn't like he was important, but he was part of, you know, revolutionary Cyclops' team when Bendis was writing. And so it was cool to see those kids together. Uh, and same thing with uh, Velocidad. You know, he was never hugely important. He had some car- cameos in, like, other books, but he was a core part of Hope's team and in Generation Hope. And then, you know, other writers don't use these characters for a while, and so it's like, whoop, that one's not a mutant anymore. Whoop, this one's dead. And it sucks. But anyway, so, you know, Emma tells the X-Men what she did. She gave them nudges basically to do one's dirty work. And Ilyana calls her out and she's like, they were going to kill me, Miss Rasputin. What choice did I have? And I hate, I hate that. I hate that. I ranted enough about, about that, but I still, I still hate that. But all of a sudden, Emma has a plan. Now that she's got all the X-Men together, she can make it work. She telepathically shares it with all of them. And I'm looking at this, and I'm like, what the fuck could this plan be? How are we going to undo all this? She needs Sinister's help, she needs Cortez's help, and Elixir. So, fine. So the X-Men teleport to the one facility, and there's this huge fucking warlock thing. Is what it looks like, anyway. And it kills Banshee! Again! So... Again. What was the point of Rosenberg bringing him back? To kill him. To kill him. To kill him. Why? I, I don't... So stupid. We had this whole thing... With Banshee, like, a year ago, bringing him back from the dead and trying to de-zombify him and, you oh, know. that was a fancy little wordplay you did you. there. I love that. And it was, like, I read that and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, why? Why? It's... And now Siren is going to be pissed. Where's Siren? Yeah, where's Siren? I, I don't know. Maybe she'll, uh, she'll appear in the next issue and she'll die. Yeah, she's probably dead. <laughs> so, whatever. <laughs> And then here's here's the point where I just threw my phone into the road, poured kerosene on it, and set it on fire. Listen, we had a talk about this, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> because because guess what? Oh, at some point, one managed to kidnap Magic yes. and put a device in her head, and it turned her mutant power off, which is fucking bullshit. Ileana is my third favorite X-Men. I love her so much with all my heart. Tell me about it. I love her so much. I would would just kill all the children to protect her. (laughs) What? (laughs) But guess what? No, now she's not a mutant anymore. You know how many times I've had to see that magic magic died getting getting reverted to a child and then dying of a legacy virus and Uh all the other bullshit she's always had to go through her whole life. She had to grow up in fucking hell. And now, and now this, and now she, you know, somebody was like, oh, you idiots, that was sort of the only thing keeping the dark child away. So now she's dark child and everybody runs away from her and leaves her there. Bullshit. All the mutants, all the new mutants are dead or depowered or just gone. Cannonball's okay. But he, uh, he was just an X-Force. Oh yeah. Okay. So he's okay. Danny is sad. Yes. You are um, correct. Danny is sad. Sunspot is dead. Wolfsbane. Rain is dead. Yeah. Karma left. Karma walked away. Ileana depowered. Bird brain. Bird brain dead. Missing. <laughs> <laughs> Doug. Bearded. Is he dead. Doug is bearded. Crazy. And, and addicted to the internet. Warlock is in Madrox. Warlock is inside of all of us. 
Who else is there? Is there anybody else? Rusty and Skids? Who fucking knows? Rusty. Probably dead. Rusty is dead. Skids is a member of S.H.I.E.L.D. Is she? Ew. (laughs) She's a turncoat. Okay. Oh, shit. Boom, boom. She was just an X-Force. Shit, 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 shit. Shit. I'm drawing a fucking blank on on her name. What was Chesty? What was was Chesty White Lady's name? You know. Gossamer. Gossamer. (laughs) Chesty White Lady. (laughs) Where's Gossamer? I think she's still on her home planet. I think she left like 30 years ago and just never came back. <laughs> okay. They're all dead. Forget everything we just said about where the living ones are. They're all dead. Yeah. Everybody's dead. Wait, Cat, I thought Doug dead. died in that series. Doug? That miniseries. Yeah, he didn't No, die. they helped him. They got him onto that fucking inhuman ship and it fixed him. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's fine. All right. All right. Fine. So Doug is okay. Yeah. Doug, the least favorite. New Mutant Excuse is okay. Excuse you! What? Who is your least favorite ex, uh, New Mutant? Rob Liefeld. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. Yeah. Let's, let's get off of that tangent. And fine, back, fine. Back so up. Magic is pretty much dead up. now. Who cares? Back it up. She's depowered. Nothing matters in this world no, anymore. No, 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 This no. book is garbage. No, I'm no, not talking not, about it's it anymore. Not, it's not over for her. It's not over for her because... Because she decided to suck out the crimson gem of Ciderac. I'm I don't care if I'm mispronouncing that. She decided to suck that out of Juggernaut, and then he just like shrinks. I thought she broke it. She did. He he was shrinking, and then yeah, and she broke it. So that's that's the end of that. Yeah, so what, so no what does juggernaut. that mean for her? She doesn't get to be Juggernaut. Yeah, I know, I know she she doesn't, but he doesn't get to either. Is what I'm saying. He's but no that's... longer Juggernaut. Nobody. If I can't be Juggernaut, no one can be Juggernaut. <laughs> <laughs> but also, all, but listen. They just left her at the end. Like, I know, her, I'm like, telling screaming. you. That's what I said. So what I'm saying is the writer kind of left her plight in limbo. Uh, I'm leaving. I'm slow clapping for myself. No. Because I'm not. Stop it. Getting... <laughs> you, don't, you don't deserve that. <laughs> so fine. So they all, they all run away and they all meet up again. They have Nemesis and Cortez now. They couldn't find Elixir at the one facility, which is what they were trying to do. And everybody's in the street ready to fight one. But then all of a sudden, the one soldiers stop, and one of them tries to help Alex up, and he's like, oh, all right, have a nice day, sir. And then, like, that last panel or whatever, Emma did it. The world has never heard of mutants. We never existed. She's got this scar on her head, because obviously, I don't know, Nemesis had just shown up. So I don't know, I don't think he could have helped with the surgery, so I'm assuming it was Sinister. Took out that switch that one implanted. She's holding the Cerebro thing in order to affect the entire world. Cortez was there, obviously, to amp up the powers, so the world has forgotten about mutants. That's it. Whoa. You know, there were, there's been a bunch of issues where we just, like, complain about, like, the death and, and the shit happening to these characters. I'm honestly, it's sad. But, but now I'm it like, happens to an important character. But I'm, I'm just, I feel so fucking desensitized to it now, you know what I mean? I was like that until I saw what the fuck they did to Magic. My baby, my child. No, I... I my snowflake. But... I, I love magic. I understand you have stronger feelings about about her and about it. I just it's it's crazy. I'm just looking back on like the past. This has been since January when this all started, and it's it's we, we'll probably talk more about the run uh, next time when we talk about the final. I'm issue not talking of this run. about it. <laughs> but it's crazy. This Patty this started out, in my opinion, so strong. We had been missing Cyclops and Wolverine. For, you know, a few years, not so long, not as long as Gene, but we'd been missing them for a while. You had these two core X-Men characters, 
Like that story set them up. I getting mean, back maybe together. you were missing Cyclops and Wolverine. I was missing Get out of my Wolverine. House. <laughs> uh, it's so everything was so hopeless. It was so dark. Blindfold. Her death meant something. Yeah, that was the only one that was good. Low, that was the last good issue of this series. Loa, that was sad, and it was just such a crazy but amazing setup. And then it's just like you know, I've just been so desensitized since then. Ha. <sighs> anyway. TK Comics on Instagram uh, messaged us recently. He brought up that he read this article that pointed out that, like, okay, so Emma wipes mutants from everybody's mind, but, like, you can't erase everything that's already there, right? Text, videos, documents, etc. And I gave that some thought, and initially I'm like, yeah, that's, that's actually really valid. And, you know, a lot of times writers, they can't cover every little plot hole or whatever, so some, you know, just kind of, like, may squeak by. But I gave it some thought, and I'm like, you know, maybe maybe they'll address that, first of all. Second of all, maybe Emma made it so that they don't even recognize the word mutant. You know, like, if they look at something that's been there on the internet, they just don't recognize that word or something. I don't know. Yeah, or maybe she did that thing where, you know, you can replace a word with a different word. You know, do control F and then replace the word mutant with, like, butt. That's why pencils have erasers, and that's why humans have butts. Yes. Yes. Let's, what, what? Replace mutants with butt? Yeah, just like, do... So what's your butt power? I have a butt healing factor. Yeah, yeah. it works. Yeah. It, I'm telling absolutely. you. Absolutely, absolutely works. I got butt dust. <laughs> <laughs> also, I have to say, the final page, Emma's pants, they're basically down to her vagina. Thanks, Great. Thanks, LaRocca. All right, so let's uh, talk about giant size ecstatics. Number one. All right, All so it... Right. I didn't realize that this was coming out this week, and I was saying for a while that I was going to read all of Ecstatics before this, uh-huh. and so I realized on Wednesday that it was coming out that day, and I was like, fuck, I only have like two and a half days to read this, so I did. It took me like 10 hours of straight reading two days in a row, and I am very tired of comics right now, <laughs> but I did it. You read every Ecstatics? I did. All of the Ecstatics. Including, you know, when it started in X-Force, and then I read Ecstatics, and then Ecstatics Presents Dead Girl. Yeah! So, I did it. Yeah. It's uh, it's great. It's great. I've been telling you for years that, that it's great, and that it'll be okay. I stopped reading X-Force when <laughs> this showed up. I read all of X-Force around this series, and I was just like, wow, this art is fucking awful. I don't think I even <laughs> turned past the first page. I was just like, I'm not reading this bullshit. Yeah. Then, yeah, Jonathan and I were talking about it. And I was like, yeah, did you see that ugly X-Force? And he was like, oh, yeah, I hadn't read that. And then he read it. And he was like, this is fucking fantastic. I yeah, love it. it was. So I really enjoyed it. Although I really don't like Allred's art. After a while, I kind of got, got used, used to it. To right? it. Yeah. But... What you said about him drawing existing characters is really correct. Yeah. Because, like, seeing him draw the Avengers, I'm just like, they're so (laughs) ugly. Yeah, I, I, and I'm sorry, like, listen, if you, if you out there like Mike Allred and love his art, like, great, good for you, it's fine, we can have different opinions, but that's, that's how I feel. The way he draws established characters is not good, but, but his original characters are fine. I mean, not, none of it's too complex, but... But it's it's good, and it especially works for like these kinds of these kinds of stories. But you know, immediately it might have been like the first page of this or whatever. It was like the sex symbol known as dupe. I'm I sorry. Love that. I'm sorry. 
I can find some humor in Dupe sometimes, but I'm not a Dupe fan. I'm not. I love him. Listen, Dupe is just pooed backwards. <sighs> and he looks like somebody pooed. You know, I feel like that's the joke. If you say so. <laughs> I don't because, know. Because if I he think were he's brown, great. If he were brown, he would be a ripoff of Mr. Mr. Hanky the Christmas Poo. <laughs> but he's green, you know, and a little chubbier. He's, he's cute. He's a big chubby poo. And so, you know, we're watching this girl, watching this Netflix documentary. That's how we're getting sort of like this this recap, which I thought was interesting. The girl's name is Katie Jones. She is uh, apparently You Go Girl's sister. She changed, the family changed her name to avoid the paparazzi after You Go Girl died. She's talking about her boyfriend, and she doesn't know, you know, he, he loves death metal, and she doesn't know if this lover of death metal is a keeper. <laughs> I thought that that I was, was like, funny. That's rude. I, I immediately thought of you Thanks. not liking that, but I I didn't notice it until I lo- was looking through it the second time. There's the one panel of them both on the bed together. Yeah, he's got his shoes on. That's on disgusting. The bed. <laughs> That's disgusting. Even when you know I was like you know like metal as fuck you know whatever like the boots. fuck fuck the yeah fuck the world I'm wearing my car my combat boots and yeah. Whatever. That's what I wouldn't you do. I wouldn't wear them on the bed. That's disgusting. Right. So then all of a sudden fucking Katie appears at Eddie's grave and uh and Dead Girl brings her like brings her back and we find out that Eddie is actually Katie's mom. In the original series, she accidentally teleports to her family's house and it's said that she was like 17 when she got pregnant yeah. with some just passerby through town and she basically asked her mom to raise her kid. She went back another time to visit her family and to tell her daughter that she was actually her mom and her mom was Edie's mom was like you really have to think about this and like what is going to be the effect on this girl, you know, who's who's grown up like you know, 11 years or whatever, thinking that you're her sister. And so she ends up not telling her. Right. So this whole time, Katie doesn't know that. But now, now, like, it's all out in the open. And now she knows. And she's like, you know, I don't know, she's she's really pissed. And Eddie tells her that, like, you know, you're mutant gene. You're going to have to use your special gifts. You know, I'm going to pass this on to you. And then she, you know, like, accidentally teleports and uh, her complexion changes when she's, like, looking in the mirror. And it just made me think of Purple Girl. Uh, so I thought that that was kind of interesting. And- I also really liked when Edie is explaining all of this to Katie and just kind of disappears. And Dead Girl's like, I could only bring her back for three minutes. And she's like, that wasn't three minutes. Four bring- minutes. Or four yeah. minutes. She's like, that wasn't four minutes. Bring her back. I'm not done being mad at her. Yeah, that, that was cute. Uh, in between all this, we get introduced to a couple of villains. And it's kind of weird. They go after Katie's boyfriend yeah there's this uno's evil eye and mirror girl and another guy that doesn't get named at first but they showed this in the preview art his name is hurt john i thought that they were they oh, were, yeah. yeah i thought that they were really interesting um but anyway you know it looks like dead girl is actually trying to put this team back together and i think that's great because i fucking love dead girl she was one of my favorites when i was reading through the original series and i remember I wrote an article about her a few years ago. But she finds Vivisector, who's been writing novels. She finds Mr. Sensitive, who's behind skincare products, and who's trying to recruit them. And talks about recruiting a, recruiting a younger generation, too. And Katie is with her boyfriend, and they get, you know, they're about to get attacked because her boyfriend ratted on her to the villains. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm dating her. This is where she's going to be. 
but I thought that this was funny because Katie's skin is different now, right? She's all blue. And her boyfriend's like, no, skin doesn't bother me. The skin doesn't bother me. I'm very liberal-minded. I once dated a girl with a Coldplay tattoo. That was the most fantastic <laughs> panel ever. I loved it. Oh I took a God. picture of it. I was like, oh, my God, this is fantastic. <laughs> the Coldplay tattoo. Who listens to Coldplay? I don't know. I think they had a few songs on Scrubs, though, and every time they came on, I wanted to kill somebody. <laughs> I don't know if they're the ones that sang that song, How to Save a Life. Was it? It might as well be. I know that song. Please, Patty, please don't. Oh, God, please don't. No, no, it's stuck in my head. All right, so anyway, Dead Girl arrives just in time uh, when these villains attack Katie and her boyfriend. Dead Girl's there and's like, you basically, what does she call them? Like your lower floor muscles or something like that? But it's your vagina muscles. You got to squeeze your vagina muscles to teleport them out of there. And so we've got like some of the ex, like the original ecstatics who are left. You know, it's kind of standing around and talking and kind of vetting, you know, new recruits. And, of course, who are the new recruits? They're related to the ones who are still dead. Tyke had a kid, Mike, who stopped a racist cop from arresting his mom. I love that. I love that. In the span of, like, a couple of panels, I loved it. But Tyke is still alive, right? I guess he's still dead. I guess he's dead. Remember, they all died. Yeah, yeah. But now... I know. And it was funny because they were explaining that. In the Dead Girl series, they were, like, uh, talking to Doctor Strange. Strange, yeah. And they were, like, how do, you know, like, people come back? Like, Colossus was dead, dead. And Strange was, like, oh, well, it's not really known. But after a while of time, if a character is really <laughs> liked and really missed, they just come back. <laughs> so that was kind of the explanation. It was really funny. No, it, it was and, really funny. And, yeah, so I really like this kid, Mike. But he doesn't go by anarchist he goes by the a the a patty he is the a which is you know what it is he is the a yes he is mm-hmm. and then fat fat well okay so he didn't have a daughter well but um, but, but technically you couldn't consider this Dupe his daughter. kind of cloned him right and so i guess this is his daughter or whatever fatty fatty <laughs> i love her she's fantastic she was She's so, she just seems so mad, even as a child. She's just got, you know, all her fatty lumps pushing people out of the way. It's so badass. Of course, Zeitgeist is the villain here. Because, you know, we saw in that preview, you know, like the cover uh, months ago, that it looked like an old man, Zeitgeist, on the cover. And it's he's not really an old man, but he is visibly older, older here. You know, he was, like, supposed to be super sexy in the original series, and here and he he's... died the first issue. Yeah, and, but here he's kind of scary. He's actually kind of terrifying. Dupe apparently saved him? Had, like, he had bionic surgery, so, like, I don't know, is, like, is he considered a cyborg or something now? I don't know. But he's putting this excellent together, and he's also trying to pull all the atoms of Venus de Milo together. But it's going to take too long, and he needs a teleporter now. I mean, I miss Venus. I felt bad in the uh, Dead Girl series that, you know, everybody was dead and Mr. Sensitive was kept asking for you go, girl. Yeah. And I was like, what about Venus? <laughs> like, I get that she was your first love, but like, I don't know. I felt really bad for Venus. So I hope that she shows up. But the battle starts going badly for them. Mike loses an arm. Uh, and finally, they convince Katie to get them out of there. She like quits the team immediately. 
But then she sees how many views. This is a cute couple of panels. She's like smiling as she's looking at like what well, was like three million views or something uh, that she got on YouTube. And then she goes back and she she joins the team. And Mike is still missing an arm. <laughs> so I don't know if that's going to get fixed, but I hope it does. But yeah, I just I love this. Except because of all red style, the only difference between Katie and her mom are the lip color. They should have at least given her different hair. Something like something more. Yeah. I mean, it could have still been red, but, like, a different style or something because she looks exactly like her mom. Yeah. So what do you think about this? I loved it, and I'm really excited that there's another series. It didn't say many series on it, so, right? As far as I know, it didn't. But I I wouldn't get hopes too high. It needs to be an ongoing again. I agree. I, I agree. I hope it is another ongoing because this is something where you can have mutants but still keep them completely separate out of what is going on with the X-Men. They did that the first time around. Yeah. They can do it again. This is a series that could last another uh, another few years. I hope it does. I, I really love this. Uh, there were a couple of things that were silly that I wasn't a big fan of. When they introduced Vivisector and Mr. Sensitive, they kind of just explained what they were doing and where they've been. It felt kind of like forceful, but I, this I guess is part of this book's charm. Everything with Katie was great. You know, you you got to follow her around. Like, as a reader, you're following her around and seeing the relevance of this team again and feeling invested in everything and everyone. Zeitgeist was amazing as a villain. I like how we got to see some of the goons first. I love their designs. I'm so excited for more of this. (sighs) I, I don't know. It was just, it was wonderful. It's been so long. And not even that long for me. Like, I never read it until, like, I think it was maybe four years ago. Three and a half, four years ago. It still, it's felt like forever. Yeah, no, I agree. But I've been waiting forever, and guess what comes out in, like, a few weeks? What? Fire Emblem. <laughs> so that'll hold me over. <laughs> so, do you think Emma is an evil bitch? Don't answer that. Are me and Patty gonna smoke a fatty? No, drugs are bad. You go, girl, but come back quick, because we'll be right back after a commercial break. Can you tell me, Patianu, why are you here? You're Geekfius. You're a legend. Most geeks would die to meet you. The world has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. You, like everyone else, was born into bondage, kept inside a prison that you cannot smell, taste, or touch. A prison for your geekdom. Yo, what are you talking about? Patianu, you are the one. The geeky one! Gasp! You take the blue pill and the story ends. You wake in your bed and you believe whatever you want to believe. You go to geekade.com and I show you everything there is to know about comic books, video games, wrestling, transformers, tabletop, horror movies, and so much more. I'm going to learn everything there is to know about Super Nintendo's Secret of Evermore soundtrack at geekade.com. Holy shit! I can only show you the door. You're the one that has to walk through it. Free your geek, Patianu. Enter geekade.com. Are you trying to tell me that I can read all of these articles, listen to all of these podcasts, and even check out twitch.tv slash geekade? Patianu, don't be afraid. Free your geek by going to geekade.com today. I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world full of anime articles. A world with video game podcasts. A world where everything is possible. An entire geeky world at geekade.com. 
Geekade has teamed up with the Colorectal Cancer Alliance for the fourth annual Pain in the Assathon. I love pain and ass. It's a 24-hour video game marathon for charity. Help us kick colon cancer in the ass by donating and tune in to the Pain in the Assathon starting at 10 a.m. on August 10th. I think we can get the ass pain started sooner. You can watch it live on Facebook, Twitch, or YouTube and donate as Geekade staff play games like Super Ghouls and Ghosts, Contra, Cuphead, and I'll be playing Mega Man X at 8 p.m. on the 10th, and we'll both be playing the X-Men Arcade game at 9 p.m. on the 10th. There's going to be donation rewards, auctions, special guests, and it's all for charity. Let me donate pain into your ass. Stay tuned to Geekade.com and Mutant Musing social media for more details. So for this month's Mutant Memories, uh-huh. it is July. It. Yeah. So, in honor of the 4th of July, uh-huh. which is a holiday that celebrates something in America uh-huh. with fireworks, <laughs> we are going to be talking about Jubilee. Yeah. 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 I mean, I figured we had the 4th of July, you know, fireworks, Jubilee. Uh, last week, the X-Men animated series episode that we did came out, and there was a whole bunch of Jubilee that we were talking about Jubilee. there. And so, why, more not, Jubilee. why not continue more Jubilee into July? It's, it's a July Belie. Oh, I love that. July Belie? Yes. <laughs> and I love Jubilee. She's also in my top ten. <laughs> Everybody's in your top ten. That's not true. Put all the X-Men and mutants in your top ten. No. You know who else is in your top ten? Who? Emma Frost. No. Emma Frost is in nope. your top ten. Patty, you just don't know it. No, I will. I'll make a list right here. Okay, so it's Jean, X twenty three, Ileana, Emma Frost. Nope. <laughs> Put that finger back no, down. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> Quentin, Pixie, Jibui, Jibui, <laughs> Boom Boom, Polaris, Dazzler, and who else? Brew. Brew. <laughs> no. Oh, Iceman. So two boys. Yeah. Two boys, one cup. Two boys, one cup. All right. <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah, we're going to talk about Jubilee. And we've got a handful of issues that we're going to talk about. Uh, and I thought that this would be an interesting contrast because we're going to talk about her first appearance first, which is Uncanny X-Men number 244. And it opens up very happy with The Mall. Yeah. The Mall in the 80s. We Let's just saw The Mall in the 80s. The Because we were watching Stranger Things. Today. Yes. And there's uh, and there's a mall in Stranger Things. Yes, there is. Yeah, there are malls. There are malls in real life and in fictional life. Too. And in the 80s. <clears throat> and somebody, Good time. somebody's like, bet she's a mutie. And somebody else is like, who cares, barf butt? And you don't know. You wouldn't know this because you weren't around. But we used to use terms like that, like barf butt in the 80s. <laughs> we stopped using them. But I just wanna, I'm bringing it back. I just want to put it into context for you. Okay. You know, because you might not recognize a term like that. I barf don't. Butt. No, yeah. thank you for explaining yeah. it to me. <laughs> So you get this Asian girl. She's putting on a quasi-animate transitory plasmoid show. And the mall cops don't like it. Because that's what we have to do. We have to vilify mall cops. Fuck them. Yeah, because fuck them. Even when I worked in the mall, like we didn't Kevin like... Kevin James. We didn't like the mall cops. I never saw Paul Blart. I never saw Paul Blart. Me neither. It looks fucking awful. But... Paul, mall cops. <laughs> no, uh... we... Nobody likes mall cops. If you're a mall cop, sorry about it. <laughs> it's gonna be hilarious when, when I look the day after this comes out and we've lost half of our subscribers because and that would lead me to believe that that was just like me saying michigan that's our tar- <laughs> that's our target demographic apparently it's mall cops we just don't know our audience i suppose <laughs> anyway yeah but the crowd loves her and security doesn't you know and uh they're chasing after her and she's like my name is jubilee because with me every day is a celebration love that 
I fucking love that. But then, then the mall cops call the fucking M squad to deal with, with the mutants. And I had almost forgot about them. They had such a, it was, I think they only had a couple appearances total, but they showed up in Inferno very briefly. They're these stupid, I mean, you know, you just read this, right? But they were like these stupid little scientists. At the this top actually the wasn't on your list of things to read, so I'm going off memory on this, but I do not remember M-Squad at all. Yeah, they only had a couple of appearances, but yeah, because this was right after Inferno, and that's where they, that's where they appeared. They're really annoying and really stupid, but we'll, we'll get to them. They were like the mall cops of mutant catchers. But stupider, but even <laughs> worse, I will, I will invite... More cops to come hang out before I invite the M squad to come to come hang out. It's awful. Fair enough. They're awful. But but anyway, so so you know the the all the fucking X women are going stir crazy in Australia, and so Dazzler's like, we need to go shopping. So they go fucking teleport into the mall, and Jubilee sees them, and she's watching them getting their hair did and their makeup. And Storm is this Storm the hates one it. with? That really awful picture of Rogue. The really awful picture with of Rogue? like way too much makeup on. Uh, there was a shot of Storm with too much makeup on. Okay, no. But but they were like trying to be extra with with it there because Storm was like, I hate this, and they're like, Oh come on, just have fun. It's for play. And they walk out of uh, the hair salon, and it was called Harem Scarum. <laughs> I don't I don't get it, but I love it. Uh, they all got new clothes. Betsy is in heels. I love these panels. And Jubilee is watching them the whole time, and she's, like, thinking that they're gorgeous. And they go into this strip club, and Jubilee tries to follow them. And, like, the dude stops her, and is like, you're underage, you can't go in. Yep. <laughs> I don't remember that part, but I like how she was just following girls around because she thought they were hot and followed them through <laughs> a magical portal to Australia because she's a lesbian. <laughs> apparently like okay i'm sure i've seen you know pretty women at the mall but i don't make an effort to follow them and just be like oh my god they're so hot (laughs) that's kind of weird (laughs) but her parents are dead so what does she care oh my god (laughs) fucking poor jubilee listen you're a fucking dead parent lesbian go follow your big women around (laughs) (laughs) basically i mean listen i just said jubilee is on my top 10 i love her Uh but thinking about this now it doesn't really make sense other than her being a lesbian this is what women did in the 80s patty they were gay (laughs) (laughs) yes what a time to be alive good yeah we were sticking it to reagan (laughs) because nobody else was (laughs) i mean who wants to stick it to gross yeah, but anyway, so the M Squad, you know, those losers go after Jubilee, and and they're a bunch of assholes, but they almost manage to catch her, but then, you know, the, the, the women save her. They save her, and then they go through their portal, and Jubilee follows them. You find out, yeah, she's an orphan. I'm gonna be dead, same as mom and dad. So, well, okay, you're, you're an orphan, I guess. But, you know, this issue was nice, a nice little setup, because you get the sense that she's this, like, fun little delinquent. You see this contrast between the way she looks and the, you know, big, beautiful ex-women. And, like, like we like Jubilee already. It's like, yes, go with them, be with them. And it's it's kind of like we need another young, cute kid because Shadowcat's gone. It's like a sitcom, you know? That was, like, that's, like, uh, the fucking recipe for sitcoms. You have, like, the one cute kid. That kid grows up. You need another cute kid on the show. It's happened on so many sitcoms, and this. I mean, they got rid of their lesbian. They need another lesbian. (laughs) They sent their lesbian to England. (laughs) 
Well, they needed to infiltrate. They needed to... The fucking lesbians needed to infiltrate uh, fucking England somehow. It is an island they nation. Have, they have girls with cute accents there. It is an island nation. They do have quite the navy. How else are we going to get lesbians to infiltrate England? You send them into a fucking mutant team. Genius. That's how you do it. Yeah, genius. The X-Men spreading gay everywhere. <laughs> so, this story is followed up in Uncanny X-Men Annual number 13. And the title of... This particular story in that comic is Jubilation Day. It picks up like right where the last issue we were talking about left off. The X-Women literally come out of the portal and, you know, Jubilee stumbles upon Gateway. And the dude has like, the dude like never talks. You know, that's kind of what he's known, he's been known for is that he doesn't talk. But he sees Jubilee and he goes, uh, hi. And I just thought that that was really weird to see him smile and say something. And she accidentally lets off some fireworks. Yeah, I haven't read this story originally, I don't think. Because who cares about annuals, right? Yeah, I, I usually skip annuals, or if I'm like using a, a read-through list, they don't always mention the annuals. That kind of stinks, yeah. Yeah, so I don't think I read this, but I didn't think that Gateway ever said anything. Right? Until I read this, and I was yeah. like, oh, I guess he said two words, and <laughs> it was to Jubilee. I mean, I, I, I can't keep track of... Everything that I've read in my life, I do remember Gateway seeing him in books when I was younger, but I don't ever remember a time that he talked. No, he never talks other than this and anything I've read. It was so weird. But, you know, it was fine. Uh, But she lets off fireworks because he startles her and she's like, I acted like a spasmoid dweeb. And this seems to be like a recurring thing that, like, writers back then, because I I don't, you know, I, I don't actually... Remember too much of the 80s, guys? I'm usually joking. I was very young in the 80s. But it seems like everybody added oid to the end of how teenagers were talking. Like, a lot of what Jubilee says has oid at the, the end. Noid. The noid. There was the noid. The noid. That's, I'm, I'm certain that started in the 80s. I remember the noid from when I was little. There was this um, movie series called Tremors. And I think it's the first one was in the 80s. And it was like, you know, like a B-monster movie, basically. And the monsters in it were called Graboids. And basically, the Graboids were underground penises. Oh. They were underground penises that shot up from the ground and ate you. They were big, eating penises. (laughs) (laughs) Big, hungry penises. Gross. Yeah, called Graboids. You know who was in that? You know who was in that movie? Who? We were speaking about earlier, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon was in the first one. Really? I don't think he wanted anything to do with the underground penises after that. I don't think he wanted to be part of Tremors 2. Maybe it was all about the above-ground penis. <laughs> uh, but there were still underground penises back then. Good to know. Yeah. Thanks for the 80s history lesson. <laughs> so Gateway pushes Jubilee down this hole, and there's fucking treasure everywhere. There's treasure. There's all these fucking coins, gold bars, crowns, necklaces, dresses, like all this shit. And what surprised the hell out of me was she got scared by a noise and she's like, you're all alone, you're silly, you silly skank. And I'm like, that word would not make it into a book today. I don't feel like it would. Nobody says book. skank anymore, though. I mean, I feel like it's not like mainstream as it was once, but I feel like that's like a, you know, an insult that would not be used in a comic book. I guess. I mean, prick, you don't really hear anybody say that outside the UK either. When I talked to my cousin when I was uh, visiting in Slovakia, he learned you know, uh, British English. He he did, like, study abroad there or whatever, and he was, you know, using their kind of language more, and he was saying prick like every other word, and I was like, we don't really say that. So that was interesting. So she gets out of that little fucking treasure hole. She sees the X-Men playing baseball, 
And so she loots the house for food and watches them. And like, you know... And steals their costumes. And steals their costumes. But you find out a little bit more about her. You know, the the prep school, uh, the gymnastics... Uh, her mom getting mushy about coming to America and naming her kid Jubilation and how her parents died in an accident. So, you know, I mean, it's, you know, setting up Jubilee to kind of, you know, be play some sort of role in, in the X-Men because we're finding out more things about her. Um, even though this isn't just an annual, I thought that this was a great story. And it was super cute, too, because she takes Rogue's green and black costume, Dazzler's fucking leotard, Rogue's boots, Wolverine's gloves. She's trying shit on. She's wearing, uh, and, like, one panel, she's wearing Rogue's full costume and, like, doesn't fit in it. And another one, she's wearing Dazzler's costume. I yes, that was amazing. I love that. I fucking loved all of that. And she, like, takes a bath, and, like, this cyborg dog attacks her, and uh, she tries to beat it with a bat or whatever, and then she, like blasted away with fireworks and she's like i'm jubilee i can do things i've got power far out you know so i don't know i this was just like a cute little side story in an annual but like it made this character even more endearing because her first appearance in 244 kind of left on a cliffhanger a little bit with her and she showed up again some issues later but this kind of like bridged the gap but more important than anything it was just fucking super cute yeah, no, I agree. I loved her. I know that a lot of people kind of dismiss her and put her on, like, most useless list what? and whatever and don't like her from the animated series. I loved her in every incarnation of her. I think she's fantastic. She's hilarious. And she's just really cute. And I love her. Yeah. So then I think it was uh, an uncanny 248. Uh, like, the nanny and orphan maker attack the X-Men. Jubilee escapes. And you see that the like the Reavers are practicing trying to catch Wolverine because that's their plan. And then in Uncanny 251, it happens. The Reavers have caught Wolverine. They've chained him to a giant X. They're torturing him. He's having like these hallucinations and shit. And the Reavers are coming after the actual X-Men. But Psylocke nudges all the X-Men to go through the Siege Perilous. And by the end of the issue in Uncanny 251, we see Jubilee is watching as Pierce and the Reavers nail stakes through Logan. And it's, like, really gross and terrifying. And it starts pouring rain, but Wolverine summons the strength to break free, and he smells Jubilee nearby and, like, says something to her. So that's where they first kind of, like, connect. And it's, you know, the focus is on the two of them, more so in Uncanny 252, Pierce and Deathstrike and, like, the Reavers are trying to find Wolverine in the fucking abandoned town. I thought that this was really funny. I think it was Cole that says, come out, come out wherever you are. There's a good little Wolvie Wuggins. <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought I thought that was... That's that was cute. cute. It was. There was a lot of dialogue in this book. And, and I, I mean, you know, I mean, the main focus here is Jubilee. But I do want to say that I thought it was great how the Reavers got some characterization here. You have to see them, like, interact with each other and be kind of, like, stupid as they're, like, investigating these houses and, like, where the X-Men were staying. Like, oh, there's not even any beer in this fridge or something like that. So so it was interesting because, like, we were just talking about those first two appearances of Jubilee and how it's, like, sweet and endearing and cute. And then here, shit has gotten serious. It's a, it's a really stark contrast to this kind of world that she's entering because first it's... The beautiful ex-women and, oh, how I want to be like them. And watching them play baseball and shit. 
But now everything's gone wrong. They had to fucking retreat. She sees this fucking guy who is nailed to this big fucking wooden X. And she's like trying to help him. She got him into a bed so he can heal. And she even fucking bandaged him. And he hallucinates. He's like hallucinating that she's Carol Danvers, which was interesting. And again, with the dialogue, Ultimax, Bad News Bears, Total Toadstools. I'm like, what? What? I mean, if you were alive in the 80s, can you please tell me if if there was Ultimax, Bad News Bears, and who the Total Toadstools was? The Toadstool, that was Princess Toadstool. Before she was Princess Peach, she was Princess Toadstool. And by the way, when I think of Toadstool... Like, I think of nasty things, you know? Like, like, poo. Genital words. <laughs> what? <laughs> Toadstool makes you think of genital warts? I don't know. You said something nasty, and that's what I thought of. I don't know. <laughs> thinking like a toad pooping. Oh, okay. <laughs> I get it. But I guess, you know, you put a toad on your genitals, you get genital warts, Yeah, right? yeah, because I was thinking warts, like toads. Yeah. Toads have warts. Wart was in Super Mario Brothers 2. That's right. That's Mario was dreaming about, uh, you know, he was dreaming in that game. He was dreaming about genital warts. <laughs> he was dreaming about genital warts after fucking that toadstool. Oh my god, it makes all the sense now. Mario fucked the toadstool and got the warts. I got it. Super Mario Brothers 2. We figured it out. Can you message Chris right now and let yes. him know? Yeah. All right. So Wolverine, like, sort of comes to his senses and he grabs Jubilee by the neck and pops his claws. And, uh, she, you know, she blasts him away, but what I thought was, was interesting is, uh, Mark Silvestri was doing the art on X-Men around this time, and, uh, the artist for this issue was Rick Leonardi, and I have to say he did a great job with the facial expressions. Like, if you, if you look at some of them, even, like, the Reavers, there was one point where, like, uh, Pierce threatens, like, Bonebreaker and Pretty Boy, and they just have, like, these perfect scared expressions on their face. I love how expressive everybody was. He was a great artist. And so fucking the Reavers search the whole town, right? Jubilee's got Wolverine safe in her little hidey hole. The Reavers are searching everywhere. Can't find anybody. So what does Pierce do? He brings in the the dingoes. He doesn't just bring in the dingoes. He brings in cyborg dingoes. Patty, cyborg dingoes. I love it. This is how Australia is going to win World War III. It's going to be with cyborg dingoes. We're all worried about the fucking nukes in this country and the nukes at this country. And this whole time, Australia is working on the cyborg dingoes right under our noses. And Chris Claremont, the visionary, Chris Claremont predicted this shit in 1989. What a genius. I know. Patty, cyborg dingoes. I love it. So, you know, I mean, we see Jubilee being like, all responsible for a little bit and trying to help Wolverine and take care of him. And then when Wolverine is hanging out with uh, with Gateway, she starts flipping out again and like, think about yourselves, never about me. Oh no, forget that I'm the one that has to go swipe food and water. This is not fun. So it was a nice little contrast to like, okay, so she's not like all responsible and knows what to do in a bad situation. She's also still immature. Like she's still a kid. She's still a teenager. But Wolverine... Tricks the Reavers by leaving his mask by a bunch of pipes, so when Bonebreaker starts blasting, it floods the tunnels. Uh, so all the Reavers are taken care of, but Pierce and the Dingoes find Logan. He shreds the Dingoes, he taunts Pierce by telling him that he's not working alone, and then boom, Jubilee blasts him from behind. Nice. And he goes, and she goes, eat plasma, dirtbag, and then they escape. I like the part when she blasted his behind. <laughs> I thought that this was a great introduction to Jubilee, both the mall stuff and these two issues and the annual. 
I just, I mean, I love seeing how she's grown as a character over time. I do miss this kind of personality that we saw from her a lot. And I really, really hated when they made her a vampire that doesn't really <laughs> exist. She's she's back to normal now. Vampires so we can just, don't exist. We can just pretend it didn't exist. Everything's yeah. okay. Maybe Emma can wipe that word from everybody's vocabulary and memory. You can forget Good. vampires ever existed. But yeah, no, the, these, you know, were basically like the first bunch of issues where Jubilee got, you know, where she appeared and then got some focus. And like I said, it was just a great contrast because the first two stories were a lot of fun. And then, like, these these next ones were, like, really rough and, like, really scary. Like, the stakes were really high. There was, like, some serious danger. But she was still her. And she showed that she was, like, capable of handling herself. I mean, she helped Wolverine. You know, a man who goes where he wants to go. And doesn't need any fucking help. And, uh, you know, she helped him escape. But, yeah, you know, she, she's a great character. So it was, uh, it was nice to take a look at these issues and just uh, give her a little bit of a spotlight for a little bit. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So that'll do it for this episode of Mutant Musings. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com. Leave us ratings and reviews on iTunes or anywhere else you find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast and on Twitter at mutant musings. Are you excited for more ecstatics in excellence? What did you think of Jubilee's introduction? Join us next time when we'll be discussing some new comics and some news. And until then, cyborg dingoes were right.